ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن هدي هدي محمد صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله وكتنيو to go over the explanation of usul sunnah by the fadilat al-shaykh the imam imam ahmad bin hanbal rahimahullahu ta'ala i'm reading from the explanation of the alama shaykh rubi' bin hadi al-madkhani rahimahullahu ta'ala the imam imam ahmad bin hanbal rahimahullahu ta'ala He goes on to the next section. And he says wal iman bil mizan yawm al qiyamah. And to have faith in the balance, the scales and the weighing yawm al qiyamah on the day of judgment. Kama jaa as it comes in the narration yuzanu al abdu yawm al qiyamah fala yazinu janaha ba'uda. He says this as it comes in a narration that has been collected by Al-Bukhari Muslim that a servant will be weighed on the day of judgment and he will not equal the weight of the wing of a fly and he will not equal the weight of a wing of a fly wa tuzanu a'mal al-ibad and also that the actions and the deeds of the servant they will also be weighed kama jaa fi al-athar as it has come inside of the text the narrations wal imanu bihi wa tasdiqu bihi wal i'radu amman radda dhalika wa tarku mujadalati he says and believing in it we have to believe in, in it and we have to attest to its truthfulness and we have to affirm it and we have to turn away from all those who reject it and we have to abandon arguing with them we have to turn away from all those who reject it and abandon arguing with them shukriya hadd allah ta'ala he goes on and he says regard uh, speaking about the statement of imam ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala wal imanu bil mizan yawm al qiyamah kama jaa and having faith having iman in the mizan in the scales as it comes in the narration as we mentioned that has been collected by al-bukhari and muslim yuzan al-abd yawm al-qiyamah fala yazinu janaha ba'uda that a person a abd a slave he will be weighed yawm al-qiyamah and he will not even equal the the weight of a wing of a fly شيخ ربيع الله تعالى يسأل يؤتى برجل العظيم السمين فلا يزن عند الله جناح بعوضة. He said it means that a man he will come 
to show you now that the frame of reference and the, the, the scales in the akhirah are different from the scales in this life. Right? That the scales in the akhirah, they differ from the scales in this life. He says, because a man will come, meaning a man will come, and he will be a man who is great in his stature. He will be a man who is heavy set. Right? But with Allah, he won't even equal the weight of a fly. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he won't even equal the weight of a fly. هَذَا فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ He said, in this there is a clear proof that individuals will be weighed as well. That individuals will be weighed. Now, And it's important to understand that it's not just the deeds of the abd, it's not just the deeds of the slave that will be weighed but also the slave himself, the abd himself, the individual himself will be weighed yawm al-qiyamah. وَيُورَدُ أو نعم وَيُورَدُ فِي حَدِيثِ ثَابِتِ أَنَّ إِبْنِ مَسْعُورِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَنْهِ And it comes in the hadith of Thabit that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud irtaqa ala shajaratil araq that he climbed up an araq tree now the tree of araq this is the tree that you take from it the siwak this is the tree you take from it the siwak so Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he climbed up this tree to get a piece of siwak Naam, so he, so he climbed the tree but he used to have very skinny calves his calves were, were, were little he had little legs skinny legs so those who were looking at him scale this, this tree climb this tree they became amazed by the size of his legs, how he was so skinny. Now, and when the Prophet saw them making a to do about the size of his legs, right? The Prophet he said, La ta'jabu min He said, Don't be amazed by the size of his legs. Meaning, don't be amazed by the, by the thinness, right? Of his legs. Don't be amazed by that. He said, فَإِنَّهُ مَا أَثْقَلُوا فِي الْمِيزَانِ مِنْ جَبْلِ الْأُحُدِ He said, because verily, those, those legs, those skinny little legs, he said, they are heavier in the scale than the mountain of Uhud. وَهَكَذَا عَبْدَ اللَّهِ بِمَسْعُورَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَنْهُ Hadith has been collected in the Muslim of Imam Ahmed. وَقَالَ عَلَّامَةً And the Alama, the Muhaddith, Ahmed Shakir, rahimullah ta'ala, he said, Isnaduhu Sahih. And his chain is authentic. And also, the Allama, the Muhaddith, Al Imam, Al Albani, rahimullah ta'ala, he also graded the hadith as being authentic. So this shows you, and this is clear proof that, yes, the deeds will be weighed, but also, the servants themselves will be weighed يوم القيامة نعم The Shaykh says وَهَذَا دَلِيلُ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ أَشْخَاسِ يُوزَنُونَ This is a proof that people will be weighed People will be weighed وَأَمَّا الْأَعْمَالِ فَلَا خِلَافِيهَا And with regards to the actions and no one disagrees with this Then no one disagrees that actions will be weighed يوم القيامة نعم وَأَنَّهَا تُوزَنُ No one disagrees that the actions will be weighed يوم القيامة نعم but it's important that we understand that the mizan is something that is real. It's not figurative. It's not figurative. But it's something that is real. That the slave will be placed in. That the deeds and the scrolls containing them in the light will be placed in these things. This is not something that is figurative. Naam. And it's important that we understand the likes of this when it comes to everything that comes in the text of, 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 of the Kitab and the Sunnah. Naam. ta'ala, he says, there is no mijaz. The reality is that there is no mijaz. There is nothing that is figurative 
when it comes to the Kitab and the Sunnah. He said, but rather we understand the meanings of words based upon their contents. We understand the meaning of words based upon the contents. But there is nothing that is mijaz. And this was a concept that was, that was unknown to the Sahaba. This was a concept that wasn't known to the Sahaba. Because you understand the meaning of words based upon the contents. Right? So for example, the Shaykh brought an example, Rahimullah Ta'ala. He says, for example, Ain. He says, Ain for Lughatul Arab. The word Ain for Lughatul Arab. Yadullu ala ma'an. It points to different meanings. Naam. From them, al ain Kal ain fil ra'as. Like the ain in the head. The eyeball. From them, al ain Mil ma' Yushrab min. From it, the, uh, the ain or what's called an ain meaning a spring of water that you drink from. Naam. Wa kathalika sumiya jasus aynan. And also the, the spy, he's calling ain. Right? So if you just said Ain and you were quiet, nobody will know what you mean. Do you mean an eyeball? Do you mean a spring of water? Or do you mean a spy? What do you mean by Ain? You don't understand the meaning of this particular word until you enter it into a sentence and you see the context of that sentence. So he said, for example, رَأَيْتُهُ بِعَيْنِ I saw him with my eye. So now you know Ain here means eyeball. Right? Or if you said, شَرَبْتُ مِنْ عَيْنٍ You said, I drank from my aim. Then we know now, you're not talking about an eyeball, but you're speaking about a water, a spring of water. Huh? Or if you said, Wajat to fina aim, aimen. Right? If you said, I found amongst us aimen, a spy. Then we know aim here means spy. And so on and so forth. So there is no mijaz. So when the Prophet Wasallam he said, Mizan, right? And we understand that the abd will be placed in the mizan and he won't equal the, the, the weight of the wing of a, of a fly, right? Then we understand from that that, what, that this is something that is real. This is not figurative. It's something that is real. It's important that that is pointed out because Al-Mu'tazila wa Jahmiyya wa Ahl-Dalal yankaroon al-mizan al-mahsus the Mu'tazila and the Jahmiya and the people who are astray, they reject a physical, tangible scale. They reject this. Raddu al-wazan al-adil. Naam. But rather they try to say that the the weighing means that what justice will be applied and the like. And this is not correct because the Lugha doesn't point to this. The Siyat, the context, doesn't point to this meaning. But rather, it gives us the meaning that there will be a physical scale. There will be a physical scale. Naam. The text from the Kitab and Sunnah, let us understand that there will be a physical scale, that the deeds will be weighed in them, and also the servants will be weighed in them as well. Wahada, this particular one, that this is means justice and the justice will be established in the life. This is the statement of the Mu'tazila and of the Jahmiyyah and of those who agree with them from the people who are straight. They reject the Mizan. They say there is no Mizan. Which shows you the danger of the individuals of Bira. Because in light of all of these texts from the Kitab and the Sunnah, who then therefore can have the audacity to reject them and say, no, that's not it. Subhanallah. Naam. The Prophet ﷺ is explaining to us that we a mizan. Allah Ta'ala, He explains to us in the Quran that there will be a mizan. So who then therefore will have the audacity to say, no, there's not going to be no mizan. But rather that figurative, it means something else. When there's nothing that points to that, there's no text that points to it's not something that's real, and there's nothing possible, conceivable, that will point to such an understanding that will allow you to reject it. So how, and then based upon what do they reject it? This is why they are extremely dangerous individuals, and this is why we have to make our religion, and base our religion on the text. Not because somebody said it, but on the text of the Kitab and the Sunnah. Naam.
We want text. What did Allah Ta'ala say? What did the Prophet say? And now we base our opinion. Now we take our opinion. Not so and so said. Because if you search hard and long enough, you'll find someone that said everything. Now, as the ulama, they say, if you were to follow the mistakes of those who now is attributed to them, he said that you would make halal music and you would make halal the drinking of khamar. Now, because you had from those who said that khamar was only that which came from grapes. Now, that khamar was only that which came from grapes. But anything else that fermented was not khamar. So if it came from barley, if it came from weed, if it came from, came from, came from, it's not khamar. Khamar is only that which comes from grace. And this is of course kalam marbu. This is rejected. Now, and this has, has been refuted. Because as the Prophet Sallallahu he said that the khamar is that which, that which intoxicates. The khamar is that which intoxicates. Now, so we understand from the text of the Kitab and the Sunnah that it's not something that is restricted to just grapes, to just wine. But whatever. Whatever intoxicates and is khamar. Naam, wait. So this is important that we understand. The Qala Shaykh Rabir, Hamidullah Ta'ala, Wal Mizan lahu kafatan. And the Mizan, it will have two scales. Two scales, kafatan. Two. Naam, two zanufihan a'mal, wal ashkhas. That in these scales, the these will be weighed, and as we just spoke about, and also the people will be weighed. And this is from the proofs that the deeds will be weighed. Because we have a proof that the servant will be weighed, right? That's the hadith that comes from Bukhari and Muslim that we just went over. That's the proof that the servant will be weighed. But a proof now that the deeds will be weighed, because if we're going to say the deeds are going to be weighed, right? And we're speaking about something that's from the ghayb. We're talking about something that's from the unseen. Because your muqiyamah hasn't happened yet. Okay? So to speak about it, that's to speak about matters of the unseen. The only way we can do that is on the, is on the way of wahi. It's from the revelation. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us of this. That the Prophet sallallahu informed us of this. That's the only way we can speak about it. So as soon as a person says, yes, these will be weighed, then now the burden... Is, uh, is upon you to establish the proof. But what's the proof that deeds are going to be weighed? As far as the servant being weighed, then we see from the statement of the Prophet Wasallam that's been collected by Bukhari and Muslim, the servant will be weighed. Okay, if you say the deeds are going to be weighed now, now we need a proof. We can't accept it without a proof. Right? What is your proof now that the deeds, uh, that the deeds will be weighed? The Shaykh, he says, that from the proof that the deeds will be weighed, uh, he said, it's that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of, right? Meaning that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed him of, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, Allah ta'ala, he informed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that this incident is going to take place your muqiyamah. That your muqiyamah, this incident that we're going to speak about, is going to take place. As it comes in the hadith that has been collected, by Imam Tirmidhi. Naam. And the hadith has also been collected by Imam Ibn Majah. And the hadith has been graded as authentic by the Imma from the Sheikh Al-Bani. Rahimahumullah ta'ala. Naam. Faqala in this hadith that a man will be brought forth. Right? And he will have. 99 scrolls 99 scrolls Tisa'a wa tis'ina sajillan 99 scrolls Right? They will go as far as the eye can see They will go as far as the eye can see Which is, which is going to be extremely far now Because remember as, as, as we heard in, in, in last week's khutbah The earth will be leveled The earth will be leveled It will be flat Right? All the hills, all the mountains, all the structures will be leveled. They will be destroyed in the mountains. So the earth will be flat. Okay? So now imagine now, how far is the horizon on flat plains as, as compared to hilly and mountainous areas? You can see very far. Right? 
But for riwayah, and in another narration, as Shaykh Rabbi, he mentions, Allah Ta'ala, that these 99 scrolls, تَمْنَأُ مَا بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ that they would, that they would you know, encompass and, 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 and fill up that which is between the heavens and the earth. This is how big these, these scrolls are. Right? So, these are scrolls of a lot of deeds. A lot of deeds. Now, but these deeds inside these scrolls, not going to be good deeds. The vast majority of these deeds are going to be evil deeds. Now, and according to this narration, 99.9% of this scroll is going to be evil deeds. Right? But it will be one. Or 99% if you want to say. But there will be one. One good deed. It will be said to this person, the owner of these scrolls, Do you have any good deeds? Do you have any good? Do you have any 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 actions now? Right? So this man, he will say, La ya Rabbi. He will say, Oh my Lord, no. I don't have any good things. And this will be a Muslim. This person will be a Muslim. He will say, I don't have any good deeds. And then it will be said to him, Ballaka indana hasanatun. They said, No, rather, you do have with us a good deed. You do have with us a good deed. Naam. And then it will be said to him, Wala yavlimu rabbuka ahada. And your Lord doesn't oppress or wrongdo anyone. No one will be treated unjustly. Naam. Fesulda'u. Al-Bataqa. And this hadith is also called the hadith al-Bataqa. Naam. The hadith of the card. So this bataqa, it will be put inside the scale. And on this bataqa will be written, La ilaha illallah. Because the person made shahada. He was a Muslim. La ilaha illallah. Naam. فَتُوضَعُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فِي كَفَّةٍ وَتُوضَعُ هَذِهِ سِجِلَّاتِ تِسْعَةٌ وَتِسْعُونَ سِجِلًا فِي كَفَّةٍ So the car will be placed in one, and these scrolls, far as I can see, filling the heavens and earth, will be put inside the other one. Right? Remember we said that the Mizan in the Akhirah is not like the Mizan now. So it's important to understand. The scale in the Akhirah, not like the scale now. So when it's these 99 scrolls we place on one side, far as the eye can see, filling the head between the heavens and the earth. And then this bataqa of La ilaha illallah we place on the other side. Huh? فَتَرْجِحُوا بِهِمَا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ لِأَنَّهُ لَا يَذْقَلُوا مَعَهُ He said, So, the bataqa, the kalima, la ilaha illallah, it will be heavier. It will be heavier. Naam, لَأَنَّهُ لَا يَذْقُلُوا مَعَ اسْمِ اللَّهِ شَيْئًا Because nothing is heavier than the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because nothing is heavier than the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. This hadith is tremendous right now. This hadith is serious. Right? But this hadith, this hadith is misunderstood by most people. Most people think that this was just an individual who said, La ilaha illallah, and that was it. And then he went on his life just doing crazy stuff. Sheikh Salah Fawzan, he says that this was an individual who said, La ilaha illallah. Right? But he, was, he knew the meaning. He said, La ilaha illallah, arifu He knew the meaning of it. He truly knew the meaning of it. Naam. Wal muqtadah. And he understood that which was necessitated by it. And, and, and the proof of this is that what? Is that within these scrolls of evil, it won't be shirk. Won't be shirk. It'd be other stuff, but not shirk. Naam. It'd be sins, but not shirk. He didn't make shirk. With souls and illustrates <coughs> that he knew the meaning of la ilaha illallah. So he just didn't say it. 
But he knew its meaning. He knew that which was necessitated by it. So therefore, he didn't make shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something that's very important to understand. And it shows us the importance of studying and learning the proper meaning of la ilaha illallah. The shuruq is conditions, wa arkan is pillars, wa muqtaba, and that which is necessitated by it. Then this is from, yani ahimma muhammad, this is from the most important of important things. Because the, the fruits of it are tremendous. Look at this now, 99 scrolls, 99 scrolls, Allahu a'lam. How many the scrolls are bad deeds is gonna, is gonna take up? Allahu a'lam. Allahu a'lam. Naam. But a person who understands the weightiness of that tawheed, a person who understands the significance and importance of that tawheed, he will strive with all his might to make sure if he don't do nothing else, he establishes tawheed. Because he knows from this hadith we see that the person who establishes tawheed, he will not be ruined. He will, will not be ruined. That his end will be the Jannah for the one who established the Tawheed. Because this is how important and magnificent the Tawheed is. Naam? This is how important and magnificent the Tawheed is. So this shows us now that any call that has any merit has to be that which contains in it Tawheed. Naam? And it comes inside another hadith. And this hadith has been collected in the Muslim Imam Ahmad. Uh, with the Tahqeet of Ahmed, Al-A'lama, Al-Imam Ahmed Shakir, Rahimullah Ta'ala. In the Hadith of Sahih, Qali Imam Ahmed Shakir, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Isnaaduhu Sahih. Faqal, Qala Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Lawbudi'at al-Samawat al-Sab'a, Wa man fihin, Wa arudin al-Sab'a, Wa man fihin, Fi kaffatan, Wa la ilaha illallah, Fi kaffatan, لَمَالَتْ بِهِنَّ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ حَدِيثٌ عَظِيمٌ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ Allahu Akbar The Prophet وسلم, he said that if the seven heavens right the seven heavens now we can't even imagine a heaven let alone all seven how, how, how great and vast that is huh? but not just the seven heavens the Prophet وسلم, he said السَّمَوَاتُ السَّبْعَ the seven heavens and the occupants, those who's in them. The seven heavens and the angels in them. And those in them. Right? And we know that the angels are magnificent. They're, they're huge in their size. As we went over when the Prophet we saw Jibreel make a last class, right? He covered up that was between the heavens and the earth. When, when the Prophet was allowed to see him in his true size, in his true form, right? He blocked out the horizon. He covered that was between the heavens and the earth. That's only one angel. So and Allahu A'lam how much he weighs. Allahu A'lam how much he weighs. Naam. So think about that. Contemplate that. The seven heavens and those who are in them. And the seven earths. So now, multiply, take upon that, on top of that, add to that, the seven earths. And not just the seven earths. But see, we can't imagine now, just the weight of just one, of earth, the one earth, right? But the seven earths. But yeah, not just the seven earths. وَمَنْ فِيهِنْ And those who are in them. Those who are in them. Ya subhanAllah. This is, this is a weight that is unfathomable. We can't imagine this weight. But here, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, if it was put inside of one, one, one hand of the scale, and La ilaha illallah was put inside the other hand of the scale, then La ilaha illallah will be heavier than him. Then La ilaha illallah will be heavier. Will be heavier. Naam. That shows you the importance now of the Prophet Aqidah. It's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than that. That shows you the importance of the proper Aqidah. There's nothing better than that. So much so that Imam Ahmed, in, in, in contemplating on this, he said that what? He said that the sinners from Ahlul Sunnah, their graves will be like gardens from Jannah. He said, and those who made zuhud, those who abstained from the world, those who gave up the life of this world, 
from the people of Bid'ah, he said that their graves would be like a pit from the hellfire. So a person will say, SubhanAllah, how are you going to say that? A person who was a sinner, his grave is going to be like a garden from Jannah. And a person who, was, who gave up the world, he made zuhud, he abstained from indulging in a, in a glitter in the life of this world, but he was from the people of innovation. But, but his beliefs were corrupt. His methodology was corrupt. And his will be a pit. See, what's the difference between these two? One descends, one abstained. What's the difference? One, his aqidah was sound, and the other one, his aqidah, fasida. It was corrupted, it wasn't sound, it was upon bid'ah. Naam. Subhanallah. You see the importance of the aqidah? You see the importance of the aqidah? You see the importance of the correct belief? The person with the correct belief, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will never allow him to be lost. Never allow him to be lost. Now, this is not a uh, okay, this is not a justification to say, okay, go make sense. It's okay. La, 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 la. It's not saying that. You see? Because the person who has a proper aqidah, he's going to try not to make sense. Okay? But because he's human, because he's not perfect, he's going to fall into sins. Because that's, that's what happens. People do sins. Right? But the difference is what? Is that they won't, is the type of sins that they make. They won't be making sins that are shirk. Because shirk destroys your deeds. They won't be doing shirk. They won't be making sins that equate to kufr. By having improper beliefs in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By disrespecting the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. By taking his sunnah and throwing it under their feet. Doing what they want to do. They won't be doing these things. Now, they may do other sins. But nothing like this. You understand? Nothing like this. And that's the difference. That's the difference. Okay? But with that still, you strive your best to stay away from all the sins. Now, all the sins. But for those who are going to fall into sin, for those who are going to fall into sin, okay? Those who is unavoidable, you're going to make a sin. They understand that from the greatest things that will protect you from those sins is to believe properly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To believe properly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why the imams took so much time in writing books like this to show us how we properly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because what we're speaking about now is all linked to what? To our belief in the, in the, in the, in the, in the arkan of iman. In the pillars of Iman or the articles of faith as they translate. Because it's belief in Allah, belief in His angels, belief in the books, belief in the messengers, belief in al Qiyamah, and belief in Qadr. So right now we're speaking about the Mizan. Proper belief in the Mizan is how having proper belief is from having proper belief in al Qiyamah. So having proper belief in al Qiyamah means what? Having proper belief in everything that the Prophet ﷺ informed us is going to happen after death. Everything is going to happen after death. From the interrogation in the grave, from the grave being like a garden or, or like a pit, from a person being bled, uh, and rewarded in his grave or being punished in his grave, from the resurrection and so on and so forth, the horns being blown and yeah, so on and so forth, right? Everything, everything the Prophet ﷺ informed us about was going to happen after death. All of this enters into belief in the Day of Judgment. So in order for us to have the proper aqidah, we got to believe correctly in that which is going to happen on the day of judgment. So this is why it is, it is tremendous now if a person tries to challenge the belief in the mizan. Because now he's jeopardizing you from having that protection from your sins by having the proper aqidah. He's jeopardizing that now. So this is serious now. We don't take this light. You say, no, you're playing with my akhirah. Oh, uh, no, uh-uh. You see? So... We have to believe in the Mizan. وَشَاهِدْ أَنَّ Mizan ثَابِتْ فِي كِتَابُ He said, and that which is the point of reference and the proof is that the scale is something that is established in the book and in the Sunnah. It's something that is established in the book and in the Sunnah. Naam. As Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَمَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ خَسِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ فِي جَهَنَّمْ خَالِدُونَ And whoever... 
his scale is light, meaning scale of good deeds is light, then these will be the ones who will be who who would have lost themselves, who have lost themselves and will be in in, in the Jahannam forever. And Allah Ta'ala he says, مَوَازِينُ and whoever his scale is made heavy, then he will be in a good life. But for the one who is his scale is light, meaning scale of good deeds is light, then his abode will be the pit. Then his abode, his destination will be the pit. Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala He says in Surah Al Anbiya, verse 47. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what means and the mawazin, the scales, they will, the mawazin, the scales of justice will be put out Yom al and no one, not a single soul, will be oppressed in the least. Not a single soul will be wrong in the least. In Even if there was as small as a mustard seed of a deed, even if a deed was as small as a mustard seed, then it will be brought forward. It will be brought forward. Naam. And we are sufficient to take account. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, and we are, meaning Allah is sufficient to take account. So this is clear that, that the mizan will, will be established. Naam. Now, the shaykh he goes on, and he gets into an issue that is tremendously important. And that issue is pointing out one of the famous Islamic figureheads who has erred in this affair. And it's wajib upon the shaykh that he points out the likes of these things. And it's wajib upon Shaykh Rabir, particularly because he has spent much time researching this particular individual so as to Warn the Muslims from his mistakes so that they won't fall into his mistakes and as a protection for this individual so that there are less people following him in those mistakes which means that his sin will, will increase. Now, and it's from this standpoint and it is wajib rad ala makhalif shaykh wajib to refute the one who has error is wajib. Naam. Because this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen. You see? So we don't have the right to let things slide. This is what Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah said. Because Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah, rahimahullah ta'ala, we know he had many enemies. We know he's Shaykh al-Islam. We know he's from the, one of the greatest scholars Islam has ever had. Imam. He's an imam. Naam. Of, of, of the deen. But even with that, he had many enemies. He had those who were his opponents, those who fought against him, from the people of innovation. They didn't like what he was saying. They fought against him, lied against him, huh? made plots and plans and, and tricks to hurt him. So much so that Shaykh Al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he died in jail. He died in prison falsely because of the lies of, of his opponents. He died in jail. Naam. But with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him victory. Because we know the name of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. We have his works. But does anyone know the name of anyone who fought against him? Do you know the names of any of his opponents? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not give them tawfiq. Only the ulama and the historians and the like know the names of these people. Whereas most people, they don't know the names of these people. But they know the name Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. Naam, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him tawfiq. Because of what? Because of his proper belief. He stood up for what was right, even though it cost him everything. He stood up for what was right, even though it cost him everything. Alakulihal, he's a perfect example of what? That certain things we don't have the right to let slide. 
Some things we can let slide. But certain things, when it comes to Allah's deen, we can't let slide. What does Shaykh Islam Tamiya say? Because a person would say a person who was wronged to such an extent that he died in prison, right? You would think that he's probably bitter against those who imprisoned him. He's probably bitter against his opponents. Shaykh Islam Tamiya, he said, As far as those who wronged me, as far as those who did what they did against me, to hurt me and take from my right, you know, without right, as far as those who wronged me, that I forgive them. I forgive them. It's over. I forgive them. He said, but as far as their infringement upon Allah's deen, he said, I don't forgive that because I don't have the right to forgive that. You see? Things happen to an individual personally, okay, we can let that slide. No problem. But when people go against Allah's deen, they go against the way of the Prophet the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't have a right to say, oh, that's okay. I let that slide. We don't have a right because it's not our deen. It's not ours. Allah Ta'ala will judge these individuals. Now, it's, it's incumbent upon us, as it comes in, as it comes in the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri, as it comes in the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri, that Imam Muslim, he brings in his, uh, his sahih, مَنْ رَعَى مِنْكُمْ مُنْكِرًا فَيُغَيْرُهُ بِيَدِهِ for amongst you sees an evil and change it with his hand. If he can't with his hand and with his tongue, and if he can't then with his heart, uh, and that is the uh, weakest of faith. So this is what gives the right to the likes of Shaykh Rabi and the likes of the ulama Jarq with Ta'deel now uh, to, 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 to praise and disparage individuals based upon their beliefs, their aqidah, their hayat, so on and so forth. Naam. This is what gives them the right. As Shaykh al-Bani, as we explained in the last class, yeah, he, he didn't graduate from high school. He didn't have a high school diploma. Okay? He didn't have a high school diploma. But yeah. So one time, the Shaykh was explaining that one of the great scholars of Azhar had made a mistake. He had made a mistake. <laughs> And some particular issues and the like. So Shaykh al-Bani, he corrected him. Naam. And at this point, this Shaykh al-Azhar, he said, Who are you to correct me? I have PhD and, you know, all these, all, listen, all these degrees and this and this, that, that, that and this. He said, who are you to correct me? What gives you the right? What gives you the authority to correct me? Because when you compare my education, meaning, you know, degree-wise and this type of education, of the media, but that's another media, nah. he said, you compare these things to what, what you got, you, you, who gave you the right to correct me? فَأَجَابُ شَيْخَ الْبَانِحِ وَاللَّهِ تَعَالَى He said, النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم He said, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم gives me the authority to correct you. He said, فَقَالَ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم مَنْ رَأَ مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرَ فَيُغَيْرُهُ بِيَّدِهِ فَإِلَّا مَسْتُطِيعُ بِلِسَانِ الْحَدِيرِ Now, he said, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم gives me the right, gives me the authority to correct you. Because he صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said, whoever sees, whoever from amongst you sees an evil, change it with his hands. If he can't, then with his tongue, the hadith. Naam. But yeah, so this is, this is something that is wedged. Naam. So, Shaykh Rabia, he starts off, he says, وَمَعَ الْأَسَفِ he said, with great regret, with great regret, but he has to point it out. He says, Say Qutub, Wallahi, Yankirul Mizan. He says, Say Qutub, by Allah, he's swearing by Allah. He said, He rejected the scales. He rejected the scales. Naam. Wa Yankiru Ru'yatillah. And he also rejected that Allah will be seen, Yom Qiyam. He rejected this. Naam. Wasara Ma'a Ajahmiya, Walma'a Al Mu'tazila. And he agreed with the Jahmiya and he agreed with the Mu'tazila fi kathir min al-aqa'id and many of the beliefs. Naam. He said, Wallahi hadha hasa. Wallahi hadha hasa. He said, By Allah, this has happened. Naam. He said, Wallahi naqulu hadha li alla yakhda'u al-nas bi kutub hadha al-rajul. He said, And we're saying this not just, talk, not, not just for no reason, not because we want to talk bad about somebody anything like this. He said, we, 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 we're saying this, we're mentioning this, huh? so that people won't be deceived by this man's books. This is why we're saying this. He said, فَإِنَّهَا وَاللَّهِ مَنِيَةً He said, because by Allah, it, the, his books are filled with dalalat. 
they're filled with, with errors and they're filled with misguidance. Ya Many individuals have the books of this of this individual, Sayyid Qutb, Rahimullah Ta'ala. And he's our brother, so he said Rahimullah Ta'ala. But they don't read them, so they don't know what the danger contained therein. They don't know that in his books, like Fidilal Quran, in the shade of the Quran as they call it, right? they don't know that within his book, he spoke bad about Nabiullah Musa, alayhi salatu He spoke bad about Musa, alayhi salatu and he, and he said that was tantamount that Musa, alayhi salatu that he, 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 he would get so angry very, very fast, because he had some something was wrong with his brain. He had something, some kind of deficiency mentally. That's what he said about Nabi Allah Musa. He said he would get mad like that because something, something was, was mentally wasn't right with him. Huh? He didn't have any proof. Because we know that Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he picks the NBA from the best of from the best of men. Those who those 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 who are noble, those who are honorable, those who are trustworthy, those who are strong, those who have the best characteristics, the most complete human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises Musa calls him that he was strong, huh? trustworthy. Musa Azam. He was from the he was from the from the Anbiya who were the yani, the five best NBA Rusul, they were strong willed. Very patient, extreme patient, strong willed. Now I'm the best of the prophets and the messengers. Musa salam, has been mentioned more by name in the Quran than any other human being. Any other human being. Now, so such an honor, such an honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon Musa. Who then therefore can come after that and say anything disparaging about Musa This is this is tremendous, now. But this is just an example of some of the things that's there. Also from this is that he didn't believe in the Mizan. He didn't believe in the Mizan, he didn't believe that we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Shaykh he says, Wallahi, Fil Usus al Usus al Usul al Usul in the most fundamental principles and from the foundation. He said, you'll find that Sayyid Qutb يَتَخَبَّطُ وَضَعِ That Sayyid Qutb, he, 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 he went astray and he was lost. He said, وَكَثِيرًا مِنَ الشَّبَابِ يَسْتَضِعُونَ He said, and many of the youth, they go astray. بِسَبَبْ تَقْدِيسِهُمْ أَوْ تَقْدِيسِهِمْ بِسَبَبْ تَقْدِيسِهِمْ لَهُ وَإِزَالُهُمْ لَهُ غَيْرُ مَنْزِلَةٍ and many of the youth they go astray because of their uh, sanctification of him and because they put him on a level that he is not deserving of. They put him on a level that he is not deserving of. To, to, to make you understand this level is that he was not an alim from the ulama. He was not an alim from the ulama. He was not a mufassir from the mufassirun or min mufassirin. He wasn't. He didn't have religious knowledge. He wasn't an alim. But he was adib. He was an adib. He was one who was eloquent. He was, uh, you know, like a, a, little, a, a, a literary individual. Okay? This was his thing, literature and the like. But not knowledge of the deen. So much so that Imam al-Bani, shortly before his death, he said that Sayyid Qutb kana jahilan fi usul al-deen wa furu'i. He said that Sayyid Qutb, he was ignorant in the fundamental principles of the deen and the other matters of the deen. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the subsidiary matters of the religion also, he didn't have any knowledge of, he was ignorant of. Naam? This is what the Shaykh is referring to when he says that they put him on a level that he's not deserving of. Naam? They put him on a level that he's not deserving of. He said, فَلَا تَجِدُ الْمُعْتَزِمِ وَالْجَهْمِ فِي الْبِدْعَةِ He said, you won't find a mu'tazini nor a jahmi uh, in a bid'ah إِلَّا شَرَكَهُمْ فِيهَا Except that you'll find that he, say Qutub, he, uh, he shared with them in this, he agreed with them in this وَجَلَّاهَا لَهُمْ 
and he magnified this for them. And he foolishly and falsely tried to expound upon it. He not just agreed with it, but then he tried to explain why and expound upon it. And the Shaykh he says, Ma'al-Asaf. And this is with great regret, and unfortunately, this is the case. He said that he uh, rejected the Mizan and he rejected the Arsh. This is amazing. The Arsh. Anyone who knows Ayatul Kursi knows it's Arsh. He rejected the Arsh and, 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 and many things. And these and this is uh, all of these are you know, catastrophes. Naam. Ma'azik. Wallah. These are catastrophes. Naam. And this is important. Anyone who knows the Qursi knows the Arsh. From the famous hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu that he said like the the the, you know, the heavens and the earth compared to the Qursi is like a ring thrown in the desert. And the Arsh I mean and the Qursi compared to the Arsh is like a ring thrown in the desert. So these are things that Everyone knows, and you have to know. But here, for iman bil mizan yomul qiyamah kama jaa. So we have to believe in the mizan as it has come, uh, and uh, the, the mizan yomul qiyamah as it has come in those texts and those narrations. Wal mu'tazila wal jahmiya wa ahl al-balal and the mu'tazila and the jahmiya and the people who are astray wal baqiniya and and the people you know baqiniya yankurun al hadhi asha. And they disapprove of these things. And before, before concluding, it also comes to mind or the mind to show you now the dangers, the dangers of of of, of, of the likes of Sayyid Qutb and how it's not just something that is just you know left in theory. Because we already explained something that challenges and something that will undermine the proper aqidah is something that is dangerous. Now, but the ulama, Allah, they say that the teachings of Sayyid Qutb because he was a revolutionary. He was revolutionary. Everyone understands this. He was a member of the Ikhwani Muslimin. Huh? He was a member of the Ikhwani Muslimin, the Muslim uh, Brotherhood, right? And the ulama of Ahlul Sunnah and Jama'ah, they consider the Ikhwani Muslimin to be from the Khwarij. This is a terroristic organization. Naam? Yes, it's a terroristic organization. The ulama, they say that, say Qutub, Rahimullah Ta'ala. They say that his, if you take his teachings and had to personify them, huh, then they will be Usama bin Laden. They say that Usama bin Laden is, a, is like the personification of the teachings of Sayyid Qutb. Right? This is something that is tremendous. This is something that is tremendous because we know the evil that Usama bin Laden does. So a person wants to know what, what is his motivation, what, 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 what is it that twisted his thinking and that he became this individual, this dangerous individual, right? What was it that led him to that? Then it was this. And this is why the Muslim government in Egypt executed Sayyid Qutb. Because of, the, of, of his writings and what he was promoting amongst the people and his writings and encouraging them to do Naam, calling them to the way of the Khawarij and the like. Because that's what they equate to. Now, granted, he never said, come to the way of the Khawarij. He never said, Ana Khariyun Ta'alu Ma'i. He never said, I'm a Khariji, oh y'all come with me. Nah, Ahl al they don't give you that luxury. They don't give you that luxury. They'll say, this is for Islam, this is, you know, Salhaq, this is to make the truth go forward, and so on and so forth, and then they bring all this corruption. Naam, so you have to understand that. But the reality is that what? Is that actually he was calling to the way of the Khawarij. He was reviving the way of the Khawarij. He not just reviving the way of the Khawarij, but he made takfir worse than the Khawarij that came before him. Naam. His takfir, as ulama say, was worse than the Khawarij that came before him. Because the Khawarij of the old that came before him, their takfir was limited. On certain groups, certain individuals, certain certain aspects of the population, right? His takfir was general, was general, to the point where they know Muslims. I give you an example. He used to live in Chicago, say for some years. He lived in Chicago, 
Naam. Now anyone who knows the history of Chicago knows that they've been Muslims in Chicago for a very long time. For a very long time. Meaning that what? The Muslims in Chicago predated Sayyid Qutb. They were Masajid in Chicago when he was there in Chicago. Okay? I, I forget offhand. But this is, this is, this, this, this is around early to uh, yeah, the, the early half of the 20th century. So 19, the early half of the 20th century, right? He was in Chicago. Muslims were there, Masaji were there. He said in his own memoirs, this is not something that is being launched against him. This is what he wrote. He said that he didn't pray Jumu'ah for the whole time he was there because he couldn't find no Muslims. There were no Muslims there. Yes, This is what he said. He made Tekfir on all the Muslims there. All the Muslims there. There's no Muslim governments. Things like this, he used to say. No Muslim governments. And you had people running around saying the likes of these things. There are no Muslim governments. When you say there's no Muslim governments, what you're saying is that what? All in kufar. That's what you're saying. A'udhu billah. This is takfir. Muslims don't do this. This is the way of the khawarij, making takfir. Because you ask them, why no Muslim governments? They start mentioning sins. Oh, this one like this, one like that. Ah, subhanAllah. La. It's not the way of Sunni. We don't make takfir on the Muslims. Huh? And they're from, from the people of, of, from his followers. There was one in Egypt. His name was Majdi Fahis Sayyid. He, he was there living in Thumpa area. He says something, and they show you how tricky they are. He says something that was despicable. But most people ain't catch it. Right? Most people ain't catch it. He said, Al-Hukuma ma'indahum deen. He said the government they don't have deen. They don't got no religion. And then he went to explain it. He said, well, He said, if they had bad religion, it'd be better than what they got. Because they ain't got no religion. SubhanAllah. Ran away from this man. Never, never step foot in his, in, his, in his place again. Never step foot in his masjid again. Seriously. He made takfir on all the Muslims, all the Muslim governments. Because by saying they don't have religion, it's saying they're kufar. And then by explaining what he's saying, if they had bad religion, it'd be better. Meaning that if there was bad Muslims, it'd be better than what there is because they, they ain't Muslim. That's, that's what that statement means. A'udhu billah. Who can say such a thing? Now, now, we're not saying people are perfect. No. But even with their imperfections, they're not kufar. SubhanAllah. And this is not me saying this. Al-Alama, Imam Al-Wadi'i, Muqbil, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Sheikh Muqbil, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he was from Yemen, Yemeni, right? Wadi'i, from Yemen. He spoke about Hussein Mubarak. And he said that there's no way we can say that Hussein Mubarak is a kafir. He said we can't say that. There's no way we can say that. There's no way we can say he's a kafir. No matter his faults, it's not perfect. May Allah Ta'ala rectify his affairs. May Allah Ta'ala preserve and rectify his affairs. May Allah Ta'ala guide him and guide all of us. Naam. He said there's no way we can ever say he's a kafir. No way. It's not possible. Not possible we can say he's a kafir. Naam. Now if anybody knows Sheikh Mukbil, Sheikh Mukbil, he's not afraid to call a spade a spade. Sheikh Mukbil is not afraid to call a spade a spade. Okay? This is the reality. Sheikh Mubarakhim was warning against Osama bin Laden decades ago, warning against Osama bin Laden. Now, so he's not scared to call a spade a spade. He's not scared. He's not afraid. But he said, there's no way we can say that Hussein Mubarak is a kafir. There's no way we can say that. No way. Even with all the complaints, whatever, there's no way we can say he's a kafir. There's not no way. He's a Muslim. Because if he's a kafir and the hukum was a kafir, then what you saying? Egypt is a kafir country? That's what that means. That's what that kind of means. Egypt is a Catholic country. If you're saying this like this with all the hukam, then there is no Muslim country. Then what are you supposed to do? Subhanallah. How do we understand that in light of the Prophet's statement, that they will not cease to be a group of my ummah who will be clear and apparent upon the truth? Now, how do we understand that? Huh? Muslims are going to be present. The nations are going to be present. The Prophet ﷺ explained to us how it will go. Right? 
that there will be khulafa and then there will come a time where there will be maluk there will be kings right but the prophet said he never he never made takfir on the maluk he never made takfir and said but when the kings come there will be no more islamic country he never said that so sallam the ummah is present but here so you see now how these people go so far astray how they go so far astray and the evil of what they say and how it translates into horrible things how it translates into horrible things now I'm, and with all of this with all of this him making takfir making takfir on all the ummah and so on and so forth the ulama still didn't make takfir on him they still didn't say Sayyid is a kafir they still didn't say that they still didn't make takfir on him they still say he's a Muslim Rahimahullah Sahibul Bid'ah he was an innovator, no doubt, but he was Muslim, rahimahullah. Now, in fact, can't put it better than the great Imam of our time, Shaykh Uthaymeen, Imam Uthaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, the one who, the Alama Muhammad, Abdul Wahab al-Banna, rahimahullah ta'ala, the great Alam from Egypt. He said about Shaykh Uthaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said that, he was the most knowledgeable man of our time. Others of the ulama said he was like the Imam al-Shafi'i of our time. That's tremendous. That's tremendous, subhanAllah. Shaykh, uh, Imam al-Thaymeen, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, about Sayyid Qutb, he said, Lawla wara' la kafarnah. He said, if it wasn't from wara', if it wasn't from being abstentious and abstaining, he said, then yes, we would have made takfir on Sayyid Qutb. Because this is to the extent of his mistakes. But with that, you still see the rifq. You still see the, the gentleness of Ahlul Sunnah. Even with all that, they still didn't say he's a kafir. Huh? But the other side, they don't show us, they don't show us that. Huh? So Osama bin Laden, may Allah Ta'ala guide him or break his back. He made takfir on Shaykh Uthimi. He made takfir on Shaykh bin Bas. Now, he said they were kuffar. And we know his way. And this is why when he came to Shaykh Mubarak and he tried to throw around money. Because you know in the match, there's not a lot of money going on right there. Right? He tried to throw around money. And he said, we'll give you money. But you know people, they can't, can't just be sitting around all day studying Quran and studying Hadith. You know? And, 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 and Islamic sciences. I give you this money but you gotta, you know, start training him. Let him train for jihad, things like this. Shaykh Muhammad Allah Ta'ala, he understood what, this, what he was talking about. And he understood the realities of him. He told him, no, we don't want your money. He said, we don't want your money. We're happy with what we got. We don't want your money. There's not gonna be a training camp. You're not gonna turn Damaj into a training camp. No. You reject it. He said, but I wanna really wanna leave you the money. He said, no. You still reject it. We don't want nothing from you. You have to get away from us. Naam. The ulama they call Osama bin Laden the shaitan. Uh, they say he's a devil. Uh, he said, no, we don't want nothing from you. Anyway, how, how deceiving people are, he got slick. He tried to leave the money anyway. He tried to leave the money anyway, thinking the shaykh was going to take it. So the shaykh, the final rejection of this individual's money, showing him now, no, we don't need your money. We'll, we'll still we'll keep eating just beans and rice but no meat. And drinking just water. We don't want nothing from you. Period. Shaykh Mubarakimullah Ta'ala. So in case people didn't get soft and didn't get uh start sympathizing because of you know his supposed generosity. And you heard the strings that was attached, right? It turns into a terrorist camp and gave you money. So Shaykh Mubarakimullah Ta'ala he got up on the member in Jum'ah and he explained what had happened. Then he mentioned him and he said, وَأَمَّا هَذَا أُسَامَ بِنْ لَادٍ لَا جَزَاهُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا He says, in this one, Usama bin Laden, may Allah not reward him with good. May Allah not reward him with good. For this, for this evil gesture, he, he trying to do, use the money to lead people astray. May Allah not reward him with good. To make it clear, the reality of this individual. عَلَى كُلِّ it is important that we warn against not just the ideologies, but we warn against those people who spread these ideologies. Because bid'ah, as we said, it doesn't have legs. It's not going to walk up to you and tag on your thumb and say, Hey, I'm bid'ah, let me jump in you. Nah, 
It's not going to do that. But it gets carried to you by what? By people who have these ideologies. You see? That's how it comes to you. The book is not going to get up and, 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 you know, walk over to you and say, hey, put me in your library. No, but what? An individual is responsible for that, for, from the printing of it, from the distribution of it, from the selling of it, from giving it as a gift, from encouraging you to buy it, so on and so forth. Now, so you have to fight against those people who spread, who spread these, these false ideologies, and you have to fight against these people who preach these ideologies. This is how we're going to save the ummah from the grip of terrorism. This is how we're going to save the world from the grip of terrorism. Is that the Muslims have to be educated. What is their religion? Because without education now, anybody can come and say anything and you don't know. So you say, okay, sound good. You said Islam a few times. You said Muslim a couple times. You said the Prophet and you mentioned Allah. So okay, maybe. But if you know what Islam is, then you'll be like Sheikh Mukbil. As soon as it comes. Now, you don't want that. Nope. You can go now. You see? Very clear. But that's because of what? Because of the knowledge. So the best way to safeguard the Muslims from falling into the likes of this is from knowledge. The best way to save our youth from being brainwashed so that they go out and they commit suicide bombings and acts of terrorism is that what we inform them. They have knowledge. You see? That's why they don't go to shuyukh. For lack of a better term. They don't go to older men. You don't find older men going and putting bombs on themselves. Why? Because they know better. They go to youth who are impressionable. Youth who they can brainwash. Who they can mislead. So the best thing we can do for our youth is what? Teaching the true Islam. So somebody comes in one of these pamphlets, we having a secret meeting. The youth is already going to know, ain't no secret meeting from Islam. I ain't going to that. Yeah? If no one shows up, where the recruits? No recruits. No recruits who won't commit acts of terrorism. Nobody. So this is the best way we can fight against the terrorists. This is the best way we fight against the terrorists. Now, the teachings of Sayyid Qutb are dangerous because this is what they lead to. This is what they translate into and this is dangerous. So when it comes to these affairs of Aqidah and Iman uh, and the likes of these things, uh, Shaykh says, well, Iman bihi wa tasdiq bihi and we believe in it and we affirm its truthfulness and we turn away from everybody who rejects it. We turn away from them. Naam? We don't care who he is. We don't care who they are. We turn away from them. And we leave off arguing with them. And Shaykh Rabi'ah, he ends it by saying, And you already know what's been said about argumentation and religion. That that's something that the general affair and the general rule is that. We don't argue and debate about religion. We don't argue and debate. Allah Ta'ala said it. Prophet said it. This was the way the Sahaba. Khalas. There's no, there's no room for debate. <laughs> it's, it's done. It's confirmed. There's no room for debate. Those who want to debate, then obviously they have lost their religion. So as the great Imam, he told the one who came to him and said, I would like to debate with you about the religion. He told him, as far as me, I know my religion. If you have lost yours, then I suggest you go find it. <laughs>